is scruffy. So before DB gets on tonight, we need we need to talk about this power trip stuff. I'm gonna knock him off his high horse. Thinks he owns it. Yeah. So anyway, so what I think we need is a rubber hose, a bucket. Hey guys, what's up? Oh hey! Hey, how you doing? Anybody you order doing? me a water yet? <laughs> Uh, I yeah. need a water. Welcome. Oh, hey, boss. Anybody have 100 credits? 100 credits for some water. Yeah, <laughs> speaking of which. So what What were you guys talking about? Nothing. Oh, nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing at all. No, nothing. Don't worry about it. Flight so, plans? Don't worry about all it. All right, welcome to Alderaan's A-Holes. And uh, this is a uh, episode Wait, 7. Wait, I, I, DB's A-Holes? Uh, oh, yeah, DB's A-Holes. Um, yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Mm, sure. Don't forget it. Whoa! Sorry. Insubordination, Scruffy. Whoa, whoa, whoa! So anyway, on tonight's episode, oh, were you trying to say something, former Brown leader? Yeah, I was just gonna say this is episode seventeen, if you can believe that. And uh, of DB's a holes, and tonight, if if you would be so gracious as to let me announce where we're broadcasting from, sir. Yeah, take the spotlight tonight. I'll uh, lay back a little bit. All right, all right. I appreciate that. So tonight, uh, we are actually broadcasting on the planet Earth uh, in honor of what our subject matter is about tonight. And we are broadcasting from the Mantina, uh, which is just south of uh, Scruffy's a Hole. So um, the featured drink is uh, water. And if you get that reference, if you get both those references, then you'll realize... Uh, when I say the next feature drink is the Chief's Mind Expansion, you probably know what we're talking about, which is Fanboys, 2009 film, uh, which recently actually on Twitter, uh, there was some debate going on about, because Visions was going to be coming out soon, and canon, non-canon, blah, 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 and people were getting upset about the Marshall Lucas thing and and all of that, and so I just threw a, a quote-unquote hot take out there on Twitter, and I just said, you know what? said we love fanboys so much we consider it canon come at us and honestly i kind of feel that way to tell you bring the truth. it I don't know about you guys bring it so yeah so all right so this is uh the former brown leader signing in who else do we got tonight oh go ahead db it's, it's your, That's right. The, it's your show. This is Brown Ford Droid Bait, uh, and it, it's my squad. Now. <laughs> this is Lily Brown too. <laughs> Just sitting here, wondering. That's how it works. The bigger your calls call number, you know, that means you're the leader, right? Right. Exactly. The, All right. Big, I'm glad you guys agree with me. The bigger the number, the bigger the a hole. So. <laughs> you beat me to it. <laughs> so, yeah, so we're talking about the 2009 movie Fanboys, which we are all a fan of. Um, I know I didn't see it in the theater. I actually stumbled across it a couple of years after it came out. I was uh, laid up with some shoulder surgery, sitting at the house by myself, uh, high on painkillers, and was scrolling through HBO and uh, happened to come across it and fell in love instantly with it. Um, How could you not? Exactly. Uh, but what about you guys? It was probably a year and a half after it came out I saw it, and I remember telling you about it. Um, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, it was just an epic movie. I think it was winter winter 2010, probably, I think. Yeah. yeah. I was wife was at work. I was curled up on a couch. I watched it once, and then I went and got something to eat, sat back on the couch, and watched it a second time in a row. It was awesome. There's some awesome lines in that movie. I, I saw it pretty early in its release. I didn't see it theatrically. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But uh, I, I remember getting... I think I rented the DVD, for those of you old enough to remember those days. Um, and I watched it, and I thought it was funny. And then I'd watch it about once a year. But um, prior to my prep for this show, I probably haven't seen it in about six years. And I had forgotten... Uh, just how good that movie really is. Okay, I just want to interrupt real quick. Uh, for you kids out there, renting it means they used to have to go to a store called Blockbuster and actually go in and <laughs> you would pay money to borrow a copy of their movie and you had to take it back the next day. On tape. Oh, 
Be kind, please rewind. Be kind, rewind. Be kind, rewind. Yep. Yeah, bigger bigger trivia, I actually managed Blockbuster stores for about six years. Nobody cares. I, I do, actually. <laughs> I do, actually. You got, I got some pretty cool stuff from you over the years. From I remember Blockbuster's yeah, I got some neat, neat trinkets from there, yeah. I remember the blue and gold. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so fanboys... Uh, basically, for those that have not seen it, if you are a Star Wars fan, and you must be if you're listening to this, um, otherwise you are, you just have a fetish for punishing yourself. Um, <laughs> the <laughs> Fanboys is just that. It's, it's kind of a love film to the fandom of Star Wars back in the days um, when this came out in 2009, you know, we had had the prequels come out but the story of fanboys takes place in 1999 prior to episode one coming out and it's about some fans and uh just to summarize it really quickly one of them it's four high school buddies one of them fell out to join the family business after high school the other three still are uber uh star wars nerds and they come to find out that one of them has terminal cancer only has about three to four months to live but phantom menace is coming out in six so they hatch a plot that they had devised when they were younger in middle school i think to drive cross country uh, break into skywalker ranch and find a rough cut copy of phantom menace so that linus uh, the one that uh, has the terminal cancer can uh, so that he can get a chance to see it before he dies so uh, it's a comedy film, uh, believe it or not, uh, based on that plot line. And it, uh, yeah, it, it's got great cameos. Um, uh, you know, Carrie Fisher, uh, uh, Mr. Colt 45 himself. Um, it's got, you know. Ray uh, Park. Yep, Ray Park from the prequels, which was great. And even he said, what did he say when he... He's like, as he plays a security guard, he whips out those batons, and he's like, all right, who's ready to get mauled? And, I mean, he even had a pun in there like that, you know. Um, and then, um, oh, who was the other cameo? The... Uh, Peter Mayhew. Where was Mayhew in that? I can't recall. And I just watched the movie. I have to go back right on. <laughs> Oops. So, while Scruffy is searching for that, it's a band of four characters and joined by, um, uh, you've got Hutch, who is the uh, kind of the ceremonial, ceremonial uh, Han Solo fill-in. You've got Windows, uh, who is the... C-3PO of the group, um, but also, funny enough, in the story, he calls himself White Chocolate, and the day we are recording this is National White Chocolate Day, so it's funny how the, <laughs> funny how the stars align like that. Um, then you got Eric, who is kind of the Luke Skywalker of the group. He's the one that left, but is, has come back. Um, you've got... He's the reluctant hero. Right, the reluctant hero. Then you got Linus, who's kind of the Obi-Wan figure of the group, and... Um, then you've actually got Kristen Bell, who is a, a little more familiar name, who plays Zoe. And um, uh, so they're kind of the protagonists of the movie that travel across the country uh, from Ohio uh, all the way to the San Francisco area of California. So um, interesting little side note. So uh, one of the running jokes in the movie is about Hutch and uh, Dan Fogler's character and having he's kind of a uniball character and funny <laughs> funny enough um, <laughs> try not to uh, laugh at that in 2007 he starred in another comedy film with Christopher Walken and several other well-known actors called Balls of Fury and uh, no that is not a joke that is the truth so I thought that was rather funny it's all about ping pong and uh, I do recommend at least one watch on that if you haven't seen it I don't <laughs> I don't think I've seen that one spare, spare yourself 
Um, and then uh, the guy that played Windows, uh, Jay Baruchel, um, and DB, you might know this, or you might recognize this uh, since you have kids, but he, the same actor, does a voice of a main character in a popular Pixar Disney series of films. And uh, he is the voice of Hiccup from How to Train Your Dragon. If you've ever seen those. Oh yeah, yeah. We've we've watched them. We're not too into them. We you know we'll catch them every now and then. We'll see one of them. There's only like ten of them or something. But I saw the original, the first one. We took the kids. It was before we had our IMAX, and we still had to go to Grand Rapids to catch the IMAX. And we saw the first one on IMAX. That because of that and such a great experience, we had to go see all the sequels on IMAX as well because the kids enjoyed them so much. Um, but yeah, some uh, funny little... And then they've got just a, a, a great list of uh, other actors. Seth Rogen. Um, William Shatner. William Shatner, yes. <laughs> Who actually plays... what? What's his code name in the movie? Scruffy Nerfurter. Scruffy Nerfurter. Christopher McDonald with a uh, ridiculous used car salesman mustache. Yes, and spray tan. <laughs> spray tan. Oh, that spray tan yes. was terrible. Uh, and Danny Trejo. Yes, Danny Trejo is the chief. That was great. Um, that, that was a great cameo. So, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a great, you know, kind of coming of age film. Um, a lot of great epic lines. It was really funny to see Linus and uh, Carrie Fisher do the I love you, I know, in the hospital. Um, that was classic. Yeah, so... Um, uh, Billy D. Williams playing Judge Reinhold. I mean, there were just so <laughs> many, you know, just... And, you know, I couldn't look at a ham sandwich after that for Ew, a no. while. Uh, that script is so well-crafted. Yeah. Um, which, funny enough, uh, so I was doing a little research on the film, and that was actually completed in 2006, and then it went into movie production hell, uh, because uh, Harvey Weinstein bought the rights and actually uh, wanted reshoots in 2007. And, in fact, the one of the major parts that was reshot was the ending um, in Skywalker Ranch, because originally it was a different actor playing the head of security oh really yeah and uh, uh, the set and also the room they're in in that one had much more of a Death Star look from what I was reading but one of the rays, one of the things that it went into production hell was they fought so some early cuts had been shown uh, they were trying to get this done in time for celebration and they obviously missed the mark because Harvey Weinstein didn't like the cancer subplot and really did not want it in there. And there was a lot of fighting and the fandom fought back and over it and eventually the fandom won to keep that in, but he wanted to take it out to make it more mainstream. So by the time the movie came out in 2009, it was pretty much already, already it was almost to the point of straight to DVD because it just, it bombed at the box office because it had already lost its luster. You know, the fans had been waiting and waiting and waiting, and then it came out after, I think, um, it might have been the first Christopher Nolan Batman and uh, another superhero film. So it was just kind of, you know, the final delivery in the theater. That's why it was, I don't think it was ever really big on our radars, you know, um, on the theatrical lease, release, and we all kind of saw it on the replays. Well... Harvey Weinstein's getting his comeuppance for other reasons, yeah. but there's no way you could remove the cancer. I mean, that's the motivating factor for most of the characters throughout the movie. Exactly. I mean, it's and plays into the resolution at the end. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, because one of the things, and I hope I'm not spoiling it for those of you that haven't seen it, there's a brilliant comedic scene at the end. Um, and then this wonderful transition to this seriousness of this guy having cancer and all the characters seem to have um, 
learned something from their their combined experience and and done something with their lives as a result of it and um just i mean the emotion from being here to being here is amazing i mean just in the last five minutes of that movie mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. without giving too much away for those that haven't seen it well i mean it's it's what uh 12 years old at this point so uh and if anybody's listened to our reviews uh i think it, it it's pointless to even say spoiler alert because we'll just go into everything uh you know just like we oh we spoiled the poor ewok movie but um <laughs> you know last last week's homework assignment was 90 minutes of hell <laughs> this week's was 90 minutes of pure joy mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So understatement of the week um so uh yeah, like we mentioned, uh, William Shatner had a key part in it, which was hilarious. Um, uh, all sorts of other cameos. You got uh, fellow Star Wars nerds, uh, you know, uh, Kevin Smith and uh, and Jason, you know, from the Clerks fame and, Bob, uh, you know, um, Jay and Silent Bob. Um, you've got... Uh, Will Forte, Craig Robinson. Um, and did you notice in that scene where they're both security guards, Will's character's name is actually Craig? Because Craig Robinson calls him Craig. I missed that. That's hilarious. Yeah, it was just, I, I just caught that on the rewatch. I'm like, oh my God, that is too funny. Um, oh, and who, oh God, who was it that played the head of security? It was, um, oh God, who was that? Um, Seth Rogen with it. No, no, not the head of security. Which that? Oh man, there was a deep dive there. I love the security uniforms at yes. Skywalker Ranch. Being oh, THX characters. characters. How great was yeah, that? Yeah, that was good. How great was that? Um, oh, you know who else was in it was Ethan Suppley. You don't hear much from him anymore, but he he was on, uh, what was that show with, uh, My Name is Earl. He was the big guy on My Name is Earl. Oh, okay. And he was in Remember the Titans. I think that was his big break. I've lost you guys. Okay, no, I? no, I'm, I'm just thinking <laughs> back. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the head of security was Danny McBride. Danny McBride, Danny McBride that's yes. what it was. Yeah, who's who's really come come into his own as a writer and comedian Mis yeah. since that film has come out. Mississippi, not counting Land of the Lost. Mississippi handbag. Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that fanboys quiz was awesome. That was. I was absolutely in tears the first time I saw that. Um. I was able, I was able to answer the first two questions right away, and then all of a sudden he just lost me. I'm like, oh my word. I was such a nerd. So, so let's talk about two things really quick, which is uh, um, Seth Rogen played three roles in there. He was the, uh, ob most obviously Roach, who was the pimp in Vegas, had that had Jar Jar and Anakin tattooed on his back because he's Jar, gonna be the Jar Jar shit. was going to be the next, the next big thing. Didn't you have him tattooed in like a thug pose? Yes, too. Yeah. Him and him and <laughs> both in a thug pose. He was also the head Trekkie, which the whole Trekkie thing was great. Loved it in when they went to Iowa and got into a fight with the with the Trekkies at the birthplace of James T. Kirk, um, Riverside, Iowa. And uh, and then he also played an alien. It's listed in the credits as Alien. And uh, I had to think about it, but I finally caught where it was. Did you guys catch catch that third role? Uh, I think he was the uh, the alien who was who had to get the password for them to go in to see Shatner. Bingo! Yes, yes. Uh, the uh, Klingon with the speech impediment. And uh, uh, so yeah, so that was funny. But it leads back to the whole Star Trek thing. You know that whole rivalry, portraying that whole rivalry in there was just fantastic and the whole fight scene uh biting off the ear uh <laughs> time out time out time out time out there's no time out 
<laughs> and then who yeah. did the Palpatine impression and it was like time out. <laughs> I don't remember the Emperor crapping his robe and crapping his robe and screaming "Time out!" Time out! Yeah. <laughs> you know, what I thought it was great too. And um, there's that little mini climax there in Vegas where uh, two of the guys are being pursued by the pimp, and the rest of the guys are being pursued by, uh, by the Trekkies, and then they meet up, and it's Seth Rogen versus Seth yes. Rogen. <laughs> you know what? What? What a great piece of writing right there or at least casting mm -hmm. the same guy as both mm -hmm. of those characters because they're so diametrically opposite yeah. you know i think it it took me i was doubting myself i remember the first time when looking at the lead trekkie guy going man that seems like seth rogan it really seems like seth rogan and but i doubted myself and i think it was because of the teeth and because the guy has all sort of twisted up mangled teeth the, the trekkie guy and it wasn't until i saw the credits the first time i watched it you know and then confirmed it but it was just i was like son of a gun that was just some great makeup to make him look completely different oh yeah yeah, yeah absolutely and uh, i guess he there was some trivia i read somewhere i think it was imdb that it, he actually admits he is a little bit more of a trekkie fan than a star wars fan but uh, oh. that's okay. I mean, we had we had William Shatner in the film, you know, um, so can't get that mad at it. But it's uh, he did a great job. I think he did a great job in all three roles, and uh, definitely added. You know, playing the goofy Star Wars pimp that was yeah. <laughs> How did they not get Mark Hamill for this film? I don't know. That's a great question. And the fact I just. I think my favorite cameo was was Carrie Fisher. I think that that was probably my favorite. Um, uh, she almost seemed lucid for most of it too, which was you know um, she amazing. did. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, what were some of the other highlights that you guys enjoyed the film in the film? Well, uh, you know, from the beginning to the end is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it, I don't know if I can point out moments or scenes, but what I watch when I watch this, because we're all of roughly the same age that these guys would have been in 1998 or 1999. And I just found it really relatable, mm -hmm. you know, to these nerds. And here's here's a nerd who's kind of closeted his nerdness to try to fit into society and yep. has become the oddball. And... Um, and I remember the anticipation leading up to episode one. I mean, it was just literally the biggest movie event of all time at that point. Yes. And uh, I just, I, I felt that when I was watching it again. It's like, oh yeah, that was such a cool time, <laughs> you know. And then the, at the very end where they're all camped out, you know, to, to go in and see it for the first time. Hey, I stood in that line for 10 hours. I did that, mm -hmm. you know, and... And uh, the very last line of the movie, you know, Eric says, what if it sucks? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and props, by the way, that character's got a great name. Yep. Uh, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Eric. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, yeah, I remember the anticipation for episode one. I mean, it was just, you know, and when they were started releasing, I remember when they first started releasing images from the film, you know, before we even really knew a lot of the detail any plot detail and it was just you know cinema the, the the cinematography on it and the still shots they were releasing were just phenomenal and the hype running up for it i just remember being so geeked for it you're absolutely right and we didn't camp out we did do the midnight showing um i took my oldest son to the midnight showing and um and actually, we stood in line with uh, somebody that used to work with us a long time ago. Uh, I won't use last name, but it was Ruth, if you remember Ruth. And um, then uh, in our theater, it was so funny because uh, my son sat on one side and actually Ruth sat next to me. And, and uh, who comes walking down the side of the aisle on the side of the theater but Michael Moore? and uh big old bucket of popcorn and a pop and it was some people were booing them and it was like really just we're all here just to watch a movie just chill you know 
It's funny that you say that because I actually sat next to him uh, opening night of episode three. Did you? And it was the same thing. You had people being less than human when, mm -hmm. you know, he just wants to watch a movie like the rest of us. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, like him or not, we were all just trying to be fans that night. So, for goodness sakes, just let it be. Um, but yeah, Scruffy, what about you? Well, I was excited about it, but I didn't watch any of the um, the trailers, any of the pictures. I wanted to see it for the first time without any spoilers or anything. But it was an exciting. It was. I was really excited for it. But you know, like kind of like everybody else, you know, I kind of graduate. You know, I graduated high school, put all the uh, the, the nerdness behind me, and got on with college, uh, job, career type stuff, and. Yep. Just the, the, you know, when it came out, it just kind of brought back that whole collecting urge, which started off with just a few, uh, few of the cool figures that uh, were sitting in there from the, um, from the new movie. And then it just went absolutely uh, downhill from there to everything I ever, everything I, everything I get my hands on. So yeah, I kind of related with um, that main character, Eric, who just mm -hmm. kind of put the whole, put the whole thing behind him. But, for a while, uh, yeah. but I just love some of those lines and if you've seen the movie you know in the first uh, like five minutes or so they're all out back having this discussion and Windows says stop perpetuating the myth that Boba Fett was a badass <laughs> and that line cracked me up right away so I'm like oh my word that was so <laughs> because he true had a, he yeah. had a jetpack so, so did the rocketeer so did the rocketeer <laughs> But you know that was a different time for those of you old enough to remember. Uh, there, there was no really. I mean, there was the expanded universe of novels, but there wasn't the plethora of comic books and TV shows and films that we have now. Right. You know that where the Mandalorians literally have their own lore now. Back then, it was just oh, he's a guy in a green suit, but we don't know anything about right. him. Right. Exactly. He had, he had a few, few appearances and then suddenly went went, went out in the worst uh, death, uh, the most unheroic, uh, unawesome death mm -hmm. in the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah, exactly. And that was so true of that era, that time period. Like you said, DB, there was no expanded lore, really. They hadn't really dived into the whole Mandalorian thing. And I... I liked Boba Fett at the time. I was a huge fan just because of that fact, because there was so little known. There was, you know, it was just left up to your imagination. So here you had a character in a badass, you know, outfit with a cool spaceship and, you know, came to get, you know, collect Han for the bounty and everything. And it was just, and then the rest was mystery. And I've always liked the you know the man with no name type character the you know the mysterious figure the um you know and i've always been drawn to that type of character so i, I really liked it so but that argument yeah that was that was the you had definitely had the two sides for sure and of course he had he had to throw in the uh living in your mom's garage because you know uh -huh. all, all, fa all quote unquote all fanboys <laughs> live in your mom's basement even though <laughs> yeah. all three of us have it really good wage and own our own houses mm -hmm. but it's that mm -hmm. perpetual myth that all fanboys live in their mom's basement but you know what how many of us are uh, recording from their man cave right now surrounded by uh, stuff they really don't need but treasure beyond oh, oh I need anything. it yeah. I need every piece <laughs> I, I need some more too actually well, you, you know, and that was one of the things that you really had to catch early in the show. But, yeah, um, Hutch's Carriage House. Oh, that was an awesome I collection. I mean, just had so much cool stuff in the room. And I guess, you know what, so did Linus's room when they visited Linus early Linus on. Linus had some awesome and stuff And then, in there. yeah, even the van, you know. Down one side, he had a set of original blue cards. Yes. You know, did, in his sleeve. Did you catch the Burger King glasses hanging in there? I did a, not. A, yeah, in the van? Oh. Really? See, there's so much to take in that the set designers really, really nailed that stuff. Oh, they did, without a doubt. The vintage boxes, like you said, in Linus's room, you know, uh, of the different pieces of equipment, or toys, I mean, um, 
Yeah, they had all the orange and green Hasbro cards that were real popular. I know. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, the ones that we can't give away now. <laughs> yeah, not the ones that I have, you know, like 20 boxes full of down here. Oh, mm. yeah, like over the 10 boxes that I have, yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah, but damn it, it's my own basement, not my mother's That's basement. That's right. <laughs> so it's okay. I want to state for the record right now that, yes, this is my basement. It's not my mom's basement. It's not the basement in the house that I'm renting. It's in my basement. <laughs> oh, and then that, that final argument. Arguing whether Luke had a, had a thing for Leah. Because, <laughs> of course, all three of us remember the, you know, the original movie when we found out Luke and Leia were sisters. We were all like, oh. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. And then the running joke of... Uh... Windows taking his tough book everywhere. Remember a tough oh book? I do remember a tough you know, book. <laughs> they had like a two-inch padding around them. <laughs> yeah. So many just, you know, references to that time period, late 90s. Oh, and there was some really cool stuff in the comic book store. In the hole-in-the-wall comic book store that they owned. Oh, yeah. There was some really awesome stuff in there for sale. When he, chase, when he chases them out, Kirk Levin... Tricky bitches like yourself, so Kirk yeah. Levin's box stars. <laughs> what a great oh, line. Yes. Garfunkel. Yes. Garfunkel. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and, and I'm sorry, I'll be the guy to bring it up. Kristen Bell in a Slave Leia outfit. Yeah. Yeah, bite your tongues, guys. <laughs> Come on. I, I, I'm the one that said yep. it. I'm the one. Yeah, it's fine. No, no, I'm not disagreeing. I'm just, uh, <laughs> I'm just reliving. Our wives aren't listening, are they? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, so did you know the uh, scene? Uh, I, I did see read somewhere that the scene where they're escaping uh, Roach and the convention, and they're driving away, and she moons out of the back of the van. <laughs> that was a that that was actually done by a stunt double. Damn it. <laughs> oh. What is it with mooning people? I've never had the urge to moon anybody in my life. <laughs> Me either. Nobody wants to see Scruffy's tail. <laughs> <laughs> Except oh, in the man team. Oh, and then that chat that Except in the man That team. childish comment that Jedi grind trick don't work on me. You've been trying that trick since the eighth grade. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> You know, the Mantina even harkens back to an older film, Police Academy, the yep. original. And the Blue Oyster. You knew exactly yes, where I was yes, going with that, I didn't know. you? Oh, I forgot about that. I mean, you know, it's uh, not PC to, you know, talk about things like that these days. Mm -hmm. You know, it's... But for its day, that was funny stuff. Oh, yeah. That was hysterical stuff. Oh, and in Linus's room, did you see he had the glow-in-the-dark Emperor Pez in his hand? That was yes. only limited to a Walmart release. And, of course, he had... How many of those do you have? I only have one. One, oh. one glow-in-the-dark Emperor Pez. Still in the... Uh, it came in a, a, pa a longer package with a bunch of other Pez in it. Limited to Walmart only, I think. But I did love the, uh, the tall... Uh, Vader, the tall Yoda, and then the tall C-3PO and R2 Pez sitting on his bed. Yeah. yeah, love that. I need those other two. I don't know that I... Oh, you know, I only have that oversized Darth Vader Pez dispenser. I don't think I have any of the small ones. So, as you listeners can tell, we are very taken with the film. Uh, mostly because we can relate, as DB was saying earlier, <laughs> to a lot of what was in the film. Um, before we wrap it up, I've got, uh, if you guys don't have any other points, I do, I do have well, uh, I, a few I, random... I, I, I have a point. Okay, go ahead. I have go a ahead. point. You know, the, the sequel trilogy gets criticized for a, a multitude of reasons. But one of the things that bothers me is when they say, oh, that's just fan service, and they squeak something in there for us OTOGs, you know? Mm -hmm. 
this movie literally is fan service. <laughs> the whole film is just aimed at us, right. you know. Because there's so many jokes. If I sat down and watched with my wife, she wouldn't get half the jokes because they're they're inside Star Wars jokes. Right. But but you know, if you're one of the three people, one of the three Star Wars fans on Earth that hasn't seen it, you know, uh, run down to your blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> or um, just try Amazon. It's on Amazon Prime. I actually found it on. You can watch it for free on YouTube. Believe it or not. Can you really? Yeah, that's. I actually watched it last night on YouTube. A uh, couple commercials here and there, but uh, otherwise. Oh, and I yeah, do have one. I, well. I do have one more point. Do not call Han Solo a bitch. <laughs> that's that fighting words right there. Especially to Roach. And if, uh, and if you have too many edibles, you may have an Ewok humping your leg. Yes. <laughs> That's what happens to Scruffy when he has his Pez going full bore. Yeah, it gets pretty close to that at times. For sure. Um, oh, and then one, I do love the way Carrie Fisher said said Star Wars when she when they said, uh, where are you going? Where, why are you going to California? Star Wars. <laughs> Star, yes, Star Wars? Yes. Star Wars. So the level of uh, the the level of some of the level of the inside meta humor was really good too. Um, so you know, in the scene in Iowa where uh, the head Trekkie says that uh, he's you know bragging about the statue, but he makes the comment that the likenesses are Ricardo Montalban. <laughs> <laughs> the likenesses we can't have the exact likenesses because uh, that whore Viacom. Uh, won't allow us to you know do it well <laughs> they took that joke even further because did you notice none of the star trek uniforms were accurate not at all yes the yes, logo wasn't accurate the nothing was accurate the the there was a purple uniform yeah, that doesn't exist uniform. in that universe so they 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 just yeah they took the joke beyond beyond just the line about the statues and um I also found if you next time you rewatch it, when they pull into that square, the shops in the background have uh, red, yellow, and blue awnings because those oh, do because they? those are the department colors in Star Trek. Excellent! You know, I did not. I did not notice that. that. I I didn't either. I found a list of cool little things uh, things that we may not have known about that about the movie. Um, and that was one of them. Another was. Uh, they tried to do Windows look with the glasses and the hair to kind of evoke a 70s Lucas uh, look. I can I see that. So, mm-hmm. um, Java the Hut, which was, you know, where they went to go find... Oh, the coffee shop. Yes, when they go to find Rogue, Rogue Leader. Um, that actually is the name of the place. Now, Kristen Bell, who played Zoe, one of her big shows was Veronica Mars. And where the character Veronica works in Veronica Mars is Java the Hutt. Java the Hutt, yep. Oh, that is a deep dive. It is, isn't it? Holy cow. Isn't it? Um, And then I didn't, I remember seeing this, once I read this, I I do remember seeing it on the van. On the passenger side door, there's Arabesh. Yep. And it spells out fanboys. Yes, it does. Most excellent. Mm -hmm. Um... There was. I like the R2 dome that's on the back of the van. Oh, I know. And rule number two: don't never push the red, the red button. <laughs> never push the red button. If I win the, if when I win the Mega Millions, not if, but when I win the Mega Millions, I'm building that van, and we are going to Skywalker Ranch. Do you know? What, oh hell do, yes. Do you know what the name of the van was? Slave Two. No, that was the license plate. Yeah, the, the license plate. Slave yeah. Two. The name of the van, and I didn't know this was. Uh, Bucephalus, Bucephalus, B-U-C-E-P-H-A-L-E-S, which I guess was the name of Alexander the Great's horse. And why that even has any bearing, I don't know. It was on the list of trivia about the movie um, and about the van. So I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know why, but does he? I do seem to. Did he call it that once though? in the movie he said something about the boost is back or the bruce is back something. Or something. maybe that's what it was um okay. I, I can't that makes sense that makes sense why i called it that now 
So here's here's a cool little thing. The original theatrical trailer, or not trailer, poster, is just of somebody in a sweater with a Darth Vader helmet looking off to the side. And mm-hmm. that is a, um, a spoof on one of Scruffy's favorite movies, 40-Year-Old Virgin. Because that <laughs> they, that they did that. They actually did that on purpose. Because what's one of the tropes of fanboys? 40-year-old virgins. They're all virgins. Exactly. <laughs> so they even did that with the poster, which I found. I, and, you know, once they once I read that, I was like, oh, oh my God, it is. It absolutely... I don't even need to look up the other poster. I was like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hate yeah. that movie. I can see it. <laughs> um, <laughs> there is... Uh, oh, so the music, other than Rush and Chumbawamba and some of the other stuff that was in there. It's all Rush. All Rush, the, all the time. All the time. <laughs> the person that actually... Do you, do you want you want some trivia on that, yeah. though? Trivia within trivia? Mm-hmm. The character was written to be a Journey fan, but Journey wouldn't give him the rights. Oh. So he became a Rush fan. Oh, I did not know that. Wow, that was a mistake on Journey's part. Mm-hmm. No kidding. Yeah. Um... But otherwise, the I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Credit for the music in the film was given to uh, Mark Mothersbaugh, who is the lead singer of Devo. So who also wrote the music for Rugrats, the TV show, the cartoon. Absolutely. Um, The uh, and then the final thing, which I thought was kind of cool, because I didn't even know this existed, um, because it's not on most DVD releases was that there was an animated prequel created and shown exclusively through Comcast Video On Demand and revealed the origins of the group's mutual animosity towards Star Trek fans. As a prank, the fanboys interfered with their local theater's premiere of Star Trek First Contact. But sadly, the animation was not included on any of the home video releases. Oh, that's too bad. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, that's, I yeah, I'd like to see that because I think that'd be they should. Oh yeah, I think it'd be pretty cool. It's got to be out there somewhere. Mm-hmm. YouTube. YouTube. So, um, yeah, I thought that was a uh, very cool little point. But yeah, so fanboys, if you uh, like DB said, if you're one of the three Star Wars fans that haven't seen it, you probably should by now. So. Um, and yeah, look at that. 40 minutes in already. Um, <laughs> Told you we can go on for hours. <laughs> <about> nothing. <laughs> Nerd! Um, Alright, so we'll move on to the next topic, uh, which we always move on to, which is collection updates. Guys, you got anything? I went and picked up a giant pane of glass to complete the last display case. Um, so not really a collection update, but I finally uh, broke down and spent the $110 I needed to uh, replace the glass I broke. Now, three three cabinets made it all the way from China to U.S., to Michigan, to my driveway, to my garage, and busted it, setting it down on the floor in the basement. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, I would have had $110 to spend on a collection, but no, I had to replace a big sheet of glass. There's my collection update, as bitter as that sounds, because I am bitter. <laughs> I have a nice poster, but I have to find a place to put it up, because most of my walls are already covered with stuff. But um, going back to the original film, my favorite poster is the... Um, it's called the circus poster. I love oh, I that know poster. which one you're The droids about. Yep. and the land speeder. Yep. I know which one you're talking that, about. That's my favorite poster for the original film. And I've got a, a full size, what is it, like 36, 42. I just got to find a place to put it in the mini man cave. And uh, my man cave got cluttered up uh, just today, but my daughter decided she doesn't need her Barbie dream house anymore. <laughs> Dude, this, empty. this thing is, it's, it's, close to four feet tall and probably just as wide 
and it just doesn't quite fit into the man yes, cave, it, but this yes, is it, the only place yes, I it does. put it. Yes, it does. You're going to throw the Barbies out, you're going to get some six-inch uh, Black Series figures, and you're going to stage them in the house. Well, I don't think six inch. I mean, I might go with the twelve inch because this is a big. Okay, all big right. Well, I'll just get some, get some, just get some gray paint and some exacto knives and some LED lights and start carving that thing up into some Death Star floor plans. Uh, Heck no! Yeah, I, could do I that. think put Han Solo in the pink it's Corvette. It's got an elevator. I got a turbo lift. <laughs> put Han Solo in the pink Corvette. Roll with it, man. Leia's in the kitchen making dinner. Or put you Leia in the pink Corvette and have Han in the kitchen making dinner because Han Solo's a bitch. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I was going to put this on uh, Facebook Marketplace, but I, I see some steel gray paint in my future now. <laughs> Very nice. Um, let's see. I don't have any updates for this week, just that I'm, other than I'm probably a little almost a third of the way through the second high republic book and uh, yeah i'm digging this more than i dug the first one uh the writing style is a little bit better and it's really getting into more i appreciate it when stories have consequences you know so uh mm -hmm. even to the good guys so it, much better storytelling so um in my opinion to this one so and uh, I'm just waiting until October 12th now when my copy of Ronin uh, from the first episode of Visions, the character from the first episode of Visions, uh, which we'll probably talk about next week, um, since we all haven't really had time to... I've seen the whole series already. Uh, I know, Scruffy, you're still making your way in DB. I don't think you've had a chance to get through it. I'm, I'm about a third of the okay, way into all right, it. So, yeah, we'll talk about maybe the first couple episodes next week, and then we'll maybe we'll just break it up, maybe two episodes at a time or something. But uh, uh, but yeah, I'm getting the book that's based on the character from the first one, which I'm kind of excited, waiting for that to uh, to arrive. So, uh, speaking of characters that come from uh, books and books and stuff, uh, does anybody get a, a green rabbit yet? No, my green rabbit has not arrived. <laughs> Jax is still not there. No, and they've not charged my card either, so I'm starting to wonder if, uh, you know, they just canceled my order. Uh, that's very disappointing to hear. That is. I'm trying to remember Ewok swear words right now, and I can't <laughs> lurid. remember them. So. Lurid. Feech, Feech and Lurid. And Lurid. Lurid. Feech and Lurids. <laughs> um, Alright, so uh, we'll move on to uh, the last part of the show, which is uh, just any recent Star Wars news that has come our way. Um, first of all, I think we should wish ha the day that we're recording this episode, uh, wish ha Ashley I uh, Eckstein, uh, or Eckstein, is it Eckstein or Eckstein? Um, I think it's Eckstein. Eckstein, it's her birthday, the voice of Ahsoka, so happy birthday, Ashley. Happy and, birthday! Um, As we've mentioned a couple times, Visions dropped today, all nine episodes. Uh, they truly are shorts, ranging anywhere from 15 to 20 minutes. We'll get to talking about those in uh, in future episodes here. Um, and then they announced today that November 12th will be Disney Plus Day. They're going to be announcing a lot of stuff, I guess. Uh, but in particular, uh, there's been some... There were some comments made about... Uh, some sort of a special celebrating the origins and legacy of Star Wars legendary bounty hunter Boba Fett. Which, of course, why care about him? He's just got a jetpack. He's yeah. uh, not a badass. Are they going to talk about renaming his ship? I don't it's know. Not, it's Slave One. Shut Sorry. Up. It's Slave One. <laughs> uh, I'm just here to stir the pot. It's, ba it's Baby Yoda. It's Slave One. I don't care what anybody says. Um, oh, so I saw I saw a tweet uh, the other day, and uh, from a guy that I follow on Twitter, and uh, uh, he go, it's at Obes Kenobes on Twitter, and uh, he said, really appreciate the energy both Vader and Boba Fett have by showing up to the places where they almost died and being like, I'm making this my house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my favorite is. 
Who thinks the opening song for Book of Boba should be Damn It Feels Good to Be a Gangster? Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> slow-mo, slow-mo of him walking through, yeah. bashing somebody with that uh, Tuscan uh, spear. Yep. Wasn't that a toothpick? Yeah, a toothpick for a toothpick. So, speaking of which, that leads me to my next thing. I've been seeing this all over Twitter and from various sources. And supposedly the chapter headings, the chapter, the episode titles have been released or leaked for Book of Boba, which we're all excited for, uh, the eight chapters. And then on a few of the sites or a few of the tweets I've seen where they're actually talking about it's not going to be episode one through eight. Um, And this could be all rumor, could all be false, but I kind of like it, which is that... They're saying the Book of Boba will be standalone, but that it does directly tie into the Mandalorian continuity. So the chapters of this one season are actually going to be chapters 17 through 24, which is where the Mandalorian let off. And then it will bridge the gap between Mando season two and Mando season three. And if that's the case, I'm totally down for that. I think that is very cool. What do you guys think? I think it'd be awesome. I'm totally good with yeah. I like it. I have no problem with that. Do you guys want yeah. do you guys want to hear the uh, chapter titles? No. No? Oh, he's going in blind. Okay, here. do it, okay. do it, do it. One of the chapter all right, titles. All right, all right. Damn it feels right, good so, to be a gangster. Yep, the first bad, bad the, first, mofo. the first the first episode is the champion. Uh, the second episode is the assassin. The third episode is the syndicate. The fourth episode is the battleground. The fifth episode is the home world. Ooh. Yeah. Um, episodes. The sixth episode, the warlord. The seventh episode, the showdown. And then the final episode, the hunter. So, I think it should. The final episode should be called the Sarlacc pit. The <laughs> you know that makes you wonder is the home world actually mandalore because you know they've got the whole dark saber thing still going on as there's going to be a showdown mm-hmm. on mandalore i mean hmm, you know speculating way super early yeah. here but yeah. if you know if they're keeping you know if they're keeping numerically going and they say it's going to tie into episode to season three of mando mm-hmm. Mm, there's potential there's a there. lot of potential there and you know fought that all that following up on robert rodriguez's comment about that it will over deliver which is a pretty bold claim and if it if they did not have the track record of the first two seasons of mando i'd be much more skeptical but you know i'm knowing that he's involved as a producer and director for book of boba He's got Filoni and Favreau with him as the producers and the showrunners. So that, to me, gives me a lot of confidence. And then it also gives me a lot of confidence for Kenobi with Deborah Chow being the showrunner for, for that series. So mm-hmm. uh, definitely looking looking forward to that. And, and for Rodriguez to come out and just make a bold statement like that, he's got to be backing that on something. I mean, he's got to be. I don't. You know, my, my daughter asked me just today... <clears throat> and, and mind you, she's 10 um, and a huge Baby Yoda fan. And she wanted to know when we were going to see the series of Luke training Baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. And how can there be more Mando without Baby Yoda? And I didn't have answers for That's her. That's a great question. Uh, and there's been statements made. Of... There was something a while back about there that there will be some uh some focus on the force or something in third season of Jedi that the force will play a significant part something to that effect and uh so we'll see we'll see but at the same time again the reason we kind of liked mando was that it wasn't a jedi show you know Mm-hmm. And even with bringing Luke in, like we talked about in that in the gallery review episode, they brought Luke in the right amount, but it, he didn't 
take over the show. You know, and same with Ahsoka. She didn't take over the show. It was still the Mando, you know, and so hopefully they retain that for season three. So, what? Oh, and I agree, but she, you know, in her mind, she she wants to see Baby Yoda getting trained, and I I can't really get it through her head that the actor who plays Mark Hamill is not age appropriate, so they'd have to recap. You know, she can't grasp all that. Yeah, yeah, but no, I'm. But at, at but the kid inside of me agrees with her completely and totally. Who doesn't mm-hmm. who doesn't want to see that? Well, absolutely. You know, the, my inner child is definitely wanting to see that. And when that poster came out, you know, uh, of Luke and Baby Yoda with the yellow crystal and the you know, I mean, how did that just light the internet on fire when that came out? So oh, god, yeah. So um, I, I definitely uh, I definitely agree with her there wise beyond her years um and then the only other piece that i had was uh and this isn't directly star wars related other than the fact that the director um disney is looking at doing a what's the term they used reimagining of flight of the navigator which is an old disney movie and uh from what was it early 80s i think and uh, where it ties in is that Dallas Bryce Howard is going to be the director for it. So uh, that gives it credibility already. Yep, yep. I'll be I'll be interested in seeing what they put out. Um, and I had a trivia question for you guys about the original. And uh, DB, I think you had mentioned you have not seen the movie. Uh, I, I may never have seen this film. So yes. Scruffy, this I'm looking to you to see if you can answer this, which is. Max, which was the name of the ship, mm-hmm. was was voiced by who? Oh, dude, I have not seen that movie in probably... Uh, I want to say probably 30 years. Um, it was somebody we talked about a few episodes back that did a voice... In Paul Rubin? Yes. Are you serious? <laughs> yep. I'll never be able to watch that movie again. Same it's Pee Wee? Yeah, Pee Wee did the voice. <laughs> oh, get out of it. Go, oh my gosh. I am going to have to go back and find a clip now on YouTube and actually listen for that. I, I came across it in some random trivia. Uh, or no, it was an article talking about the movie, the, re, the reimagining of the movie. And in the article, they talked about Paul Rubin's being the voice of Max in the original. So yeah. Did the ship ever go? (laughs) 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 Sorry, that's the best peewee I got. That's actually not bad. That's it. That is not Officially, (laughs) the secret word of the day is Marsha Lucas. (laughs) Do we want to open that can of worms? Probably not. (laughs) Uh, Probably not. I guess she dropped a book. She says she didn't like the sequel trilogies. She didn't like the the prequels either. So, uh, internet's going on fire. Blah blah blah. People love it, hate it. They using it for their side of the argument, and that's why I put out the tweet about uh, us considering fanboys canon. That's all there is. So, uh, but yeah, that's all the news that I that came across my holonet. What about you guys? Anything else? I saw pretty much the same things you did this week. Nope, my mind's blown away about Paul R- Pee Wee Herman being the voice of the uh, the ship. I gotta go watch that now. <laughs> so, is it on Disney Plus? I hope it's on Disney Plus. I yeah, honestly don't know. I would imagine it probably is. So, all right. Well, I think at that point, um, we're close out to we Mantina. Are... We are uh, we are three spots away from having to go up on stage, so now would be a good time to kind of uh, skate out the back <laughs> door. Because I am not dancing to Menudo. Un testículo. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole thing just stops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would say uh, no it was most, one of the most disturbing parts of the whole movie, right there. <laughs> yeah, no, no balls of fury there. That's for sure. So, um, all right. There was a great line in there about uh, Hutch's chest or something. Oh, died. What was it's that? It's like you oh, fell on yeah. elf. <laughs> 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 fell on elf. Uh, elf. Yes. 
So, alright. That whole right. movie's full of great lines. Once again, if you have if you're a Star Wars fan and you have not seen Fanboys, take the hour and forty minutes and watch it. And there's a cool couple little cool things in the credits too, so make sure you watch that. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I guess we'll wrap up and get out of here, guys. Uh, yeah, I can't afford another hundred dollar glass of water. Yeah, exactly. No kidding. And I don't even feel drunk off it yet. Right. And I think we've had our mind expanded enough for tonight, so. <laughs> uh, we will uh, we will get ready to sign off on uh, Scruffy's White Chocolate A-Hole DB's uh, <laughs> something or other. <laughs> oh, boy. Good try. Uh, I wonder how long we can play this joke out. Anyway. Uh, or this quite a, quite so, a while. Probably quite a while. All right. This was episode 17 of Alderaan A-Holes. Um, Brown leader, the other brown leader, and Scruffy getting out of here. <laughs> and uh, stay tuned for future episodes. And you have been listening to Alderaan A-Holes. And that's, that's no moon. moon. That's the closest, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a mantini. Mantini.